Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Yeah, it's good. Again, if you're new here, welcome. If you're new to church, welcome. We love having you here with us. Um, And if you're here on our podcast listening, welcome as well. We just pray that you're blessed today. Um, I want to start with testimony because we're building a culture of testimony in church. Testimony declares the glory of Jesus. And it also declares what's normal. And I just encourage every one of us to be a person of testimony. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Make sure that you're someone who continually shares what God is doing. um, Because a a church full of testimony is a church that is going to be unstoppable. Because I refuse to be a Christian who is great with words but really bad with action. I want us to be a church that our actions speak louder than our words. And so I've got this testimony from Beth Gallagher. She's over in Cambodia. Um, So I thought I'd share this with us. Um, She said, hey, Pastor Benara and Pastor Charlie, I just wanted to give you an update on Cambodia. If you don't know, uh, the church has helped support her financially to go over and she works with uh, retraining um, girls who have been rescued out of child slavery. And they retrain them and help them get set up for life. Um, It's a powerful ministry, so she's a part of that. Um, She said, I just wanted to give an update. God is moving powerfully in the lives of the girls, and they are opening their hearts to receive Jesus. He is healing them, and it's been incredible to see the transformations that have been taking place. A lot of people have mentioned the miracle that we get to do this, and it is the first time in seven years that we have girls have been able to leave the safe house and stay somewhere overnight, let alone four days. So I take this opportunity with open hands. The greatest thing I have witnessed is the worship these girls produce. It is real, honest, and open. And also, never heard so many cheers as girls receive their Bibles, uh, and they are so excited. Um, Tomorrow we get uh, a new group of girls who will be young, between the age of seven and nine, believing that God will move powerfully in the hearts of the girls. How amazing is that? So she's over there now. I'll be praying for her. Why don't we just pray for her just for a moment? Why don't we close our eyes? Father, we thank you for Beck. We thank you for her heart. We thank you that she's over there selflessly ministering to these uh, very precious girls in this country. And Father, we just pray in Jesus' name just for protection. We pray for open doors. We pray for open heaven over her and over the team that's with her. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are moving powerfully. And we just say more of you, God. We just say we're thankful for Beck. We thank you for that ministry. We are grateful this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, fantastic. Who likes Milo? Yeah. (laughs) How many days till Christmas? 17 days till Christmas. Can I just encourage us, uh, we have a Christmas service at 9am, it goes for an hour on Christmas morning, and um, I just encourage everybody here to make uh, Christmas service a family tradition. Um, Even if you have unsafe family, it's a powerful thing to say, hey, let's go to church for Christmas, and then let's celebrate afterwards. Um, So create, some things are worth creating a tradition for. And Christmas service is a really powerful moment. And it's actually, I was speaking to a pastor this week, 
and he talks to his church about there's two actually amazing moments to bring people to church, and it's Easter and Christmas. And so why don't you use that to bring people? They're going to be sharing about Jesus. There'll be an opportunity to receive the gospel, to receive Jesus. And what greater present could it be than maybe one of your family or friends receiving Jesus on Christmas? So make sure you bring them along for that one-hour service. It's always a fun service. And there's always a great sense of God's presence at our Christmas morning service. So come along to that. We've been speaking for a few, uh, well, a couple of months now about revival culture. And I, I, I sense that something in our church has shifted. We're seeing more miracles now in church than we have in a long time. We're seeing more testimonies and breakthrough than we have in a long time. We're seeing, uh, we've literally seen blind eyes open. We've um, had cancers healed. We've had people who have had ligament issues healed, who have had uh, pain in their, um, you know, uh, 10 years of pain in hips that have been healed and um, months later still healed. Um, and so God is doing something significant in the life of our church. And I just want to make sure that as a church, we never get familiar with what God is doing. I feel like that we can get very familiar because when we know each other well, we get familiar. Oh, that's Pastor Benaiah, or that's Pastor you know, Joel, that's, and that's the way we do things, and that's, and it's, that's very common. And when, as soon as we get common and we treat things as common things, we miss out on seeing God do more because we become familiar. What is going to stop revival in our church? It's not going to be the world talking about us. It's not going to be external opposition. It's going to be the Christian who gets familiar with what God is doing. Oh, yeah, we do worship here, and that's what we do. Oh, yeah, we do the offering, and that's what we do. Yeah, and it's just very common. No, no, everything we do is holy. Yeah? So this morning, I want us to finish the year strong. And the way we finish the year strong is by actually coming into an atmosphere and a posture of gratitude. Revival culture is a culture of gratitude. <laughs> Do you want to know one of the keys or the key to being happy? It's having a heart of gratitude. We heard that just then with Beck's testimony. These girls are, are cheering because they get a Bible. Their worship is authentic and genuine, not because, oh, it's the same old song, oh, yeah, and we go through the mo oh, it's going a minute over. It's a minute over. I can't worship Jesus for a minute more. That, that, that minute deserves, you know, no, no, it's just, no, we get the fact that those kids get to worship. Yeah. And no doubt the presence of God just invades the place because it's spirit and truth. Yeah. And so when it comes to our house, God's doing an amazing thing and I'm very thankful for it. In the midst of that, we have to have hearts of gratitude. Yeah. We have to have hearts that are thankful. Gratitude, um, by definition, is the quality of being thankful it's a, ready, a readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. A readiness to show appreciation for and return kindness. You're ready to be thankful. You're ready to appreciate. You're ready to say yes to Jesus. I was just there in worship and I was just saying, I love that, that bridge of that song. You know, Jesus Christ, we magnify your life. We magnify. You are beautiful. And I'm just like, I could just sing that all day. I can just worship him all day because this moment isn't about me and my comfort. This moment is about me, you know, lifting up the name of Jesus. And right now, our heart is to lift up the name of Jesus, amen? 
And with technology, it's easy to be distracted in church. It's easy to be texting or Instagramming or Facebooking or all that. But the reality is this. For a moment, let's just get out a focus and attention onto him. Just for a moment, just in the midst of your week, let's just take a moment to say, Jesus Christ, we magnify your life. You are beautiful and we, we lift him up. And right now we're about to go into his word and we're about to lift him up by looking at the word of God. Are we grateful for the word of God this morning? Are we grateful that we're in a church family that loves the word of God, that loves Jesus, that we, we're not entertainment-driven, this church. We're not, you don't see us putting on the latest, greatest, you know, draw card. We just, we want to lift up Jesus Christ. We want to make sure people are loved and connected and, and we draw him to Jesus. We want to be John the Baptist, and all John the Baptist did was he just pointed to Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to get three volunteers. I need three volunteers. I might actually... Um, can, we, can we move these out? Libby, where's Libby? Not here. Tyke. Can we move these out just um, along here, like one there, one here and one over there? Thanks, Tyke. All right, I'm going to get three people. Three volunteers. Who's it going to be? Hmm, let me see. Hmm. Um, you know what? I'm going to get Watto, Tommy, and Mark Maharab. Okay, I'm going to get those three, get three guys. Three guys. Have a seat, boys. Have a seat. Hey, Merry Christmas. That's a very Christmassy shirt, Watto. It's Watto's one year anniversary today. He's been married for a whole year. Yeah. It's good, you made it a year. Many, many more to come. These guys are amazing guys. I've just been thinking about blessing you guys. I've been thinking about gifts for you guys. And so today I just want to take a moment to, um, well, to give you a gift. I'd, this one here, it's um, beautifully wrapped, as you can see. So this one's for you, Tom. If you just, yeah, yeah, that's, that's for you. I put a lot of time into that, a lot of effort, a lot of heart went into that. And um, are you all right? What are you, what are you doing? Instagram. Instagram, okay. All right. All right, fine, okay. And, uh, all right, well, I'll move on. So what I, 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 I need you to actually... Bring, bring your chair over here, Wado. Come over here. Come over here to this table. Um, so this one, I know, I know Wado quite well. So I've been trying to think of a present for Wado. And um, so, yeah, I, mean, I really hope this really blesses you. This is from me and Charlie. And oh, thanks, man. That's all good. Have a, have a, you can open it now if you want. Yeah, why not? That's good. I'll use that. That's, that's great. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Oh, thanks, man. I'm, 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 is this working? Can you hear me? No. Um, I'm glad you... Oh, there you go. Hello. I'm glad you like it. Um, I'll use that. Yeah, I'll use that. That's good. Oh, good. 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 All right. Well, enjoy. Enjoy it. Is that my life Yeah. Yeah, you can... Oh, wow. 
Yeah, that's helpful. What this will probably take a little while. It, it, you might have to wait a bit. What are you doing? Uh, I just like Milo, and there's a, you know, I've got to use my gift, so. Yeah, right, okay, fair enough. All right, we'll, we'll, come, we'll come back to you, we'll come back to you. And um, so, this one is for you, Mark. Lots of effort, lots of thought, lots of prayer. Here you go. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Thanks, thanks, bro. So, I've um, I've wanted Tim Tams all year. <laughs> That's good. Are that your favourite? They're my favourite. Awesome. You can, you can hand some now if you want to. I mean, feel free to hand some out if you want, but... Double chop, coat, double chop. Oh, I hear that crunch, mm. yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Right, let's come back to this guy. Well, how you going, bro? What's happening on Instagram? Is it pretty interesting? Liking a few things. Double click. Awesome. All right. Don't forget about your present. Oh, Hello. Yeah, that looks pretty delicious. What are you thinking? Uh, it's, it's good. Um, yeah, no, it's good. It, no, it, thanks. Thanks, I appreciate it. Yeah, I can tell that you're pretty thankful. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, um, no, it's a good gift. I'm assuming this is what it's for. Do you want to drink that yourself or give it to someone in the crowd? Does no, anybody want no, this? No, 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 no. no. Oh, of course, Alan wants no, it. No, 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 no. This is my gift. This is my gift. <laughs> wow, delicious, delicious. So, so what we have up here is the three scenarios. We have somebody who was given a heartfelt gift, time was taken. For all, know, for all Tommy knows, there could be, who knows, there could be keys to a brand new nude or something in there. But because he's distracted, he never gets to experience or receive the gifting that was given to him. Because he wasn't thankful and appreciative of the gift, he will now never receive the gift that was purposely built for him. And then we have, we have what I hear, who was given a tool which actually isn't meant to be putting Milo in a cup, it's meant to actually be used on, in building something. And what's happening is he doesn't fully appreciate the gift that was given to him because he doesn't understand the purpose behind the gift. He's using the gift for something else. And because he's using it for something else, something that's not meant to be used for, the gratitude isn't there. Therefore, the, fulfill, the fullness of that gift is never realized because instead of using that in his toolbox to build something, he's using it to try and make a Milo. Yeah. He has missed the why behind the gift. And then we have Mark over here, who absolutely loves Tim Tams. They're his favourite. He's been craving them, he said, all year, let alone this week. 
and he gets the very gift that he loves, that he appreciates. He gives a hug because he's so overwhelmed and thankful, and he receives, and it makes me want to give him more Tim Tams because he has received with gratitude his gifting. Let's give them a hand, these guys. Thank you so much. I wonder how many times in life we fit into one of these three. How many times in life God wants to give us something amazing or he is giving us something amazing, thanks Ryan, and we miss out because we don't have eyes of gratitude. In James chapter 1, verse 17, if you're writing notes, write this down. It says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like, with, uh, like shifting shadows. Every good gift comes from our Heavenly Father. And we have to be so aware of this because what happens in revival culture is this. Revival's happening. People are being changed, being transformed, being set free. And then we go, golf clap. Oh, yeah, that's nice. That's good. And we get familiar with what God is doing. And we see this often when we're become a Christian, you become a Christian and you're like, my life has changed, I'm set free, everything's fresh, everything's new. The Bible, oh my goodness, fast forward 5, 10, 15, 20 years and it's like, I have trouble reading my Bible, I have trouble getting to church, I have trouble worshipping Jesus, where are you God? And we miss out on the joy because we, re- we, f- we lose the gratitude. We lose the ability to say, wow, everything has lost its wonder because we've become familiar. And with Jesus in Luke chapter 4, he was doing miracles and it says that they became familiar. They said, isn't this, isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't this the carpenter? And they became familiar and it said that revival stopped in that moment. The miracles stopped in that moment. Heaven stopped invading earth because there wasn't a heart of gratitude. This morning, I want to encourage you and I, us as a church, that we have to be a church of gratitude. We have to have eyes of wonder. We have to have eyes of thankfulness. Often you don't know what you've what you, what you got until it's gone, as the song says. Do you know the amount of times that people say to me, they go away on holidays and they go to other churches and they say, oh, you know, it was great, but I just really made me appreciate what God has in our church. Anyone ever experienced that? And sometimes it's not until you're out of, the, out of the place that you realise how good it is to be in the place. But a disciplined, mature person can go, hey, I'm going to make sure that while I'm in the place, I'm still going to have a heart of gratitude. <laughs> a heart of thankfulness. I love our church family. We have such a kind church family. We have such an inclusive open church family. We have a generous church. We have a church that loves to worship. I've had two people in the last week comment about our worship team saying, I love the worship in church because it's so authentic. It's like people aren't trying to do a show. They're actually worshiping. So if you're in the worship team, well done. Keep leading us in that confidence. We have preachers who preach Jesus who preach Jesus with kindness, who preach Jesus not with fire and brimstone, but with, hey, I lift you up, I, I, I call upon you to find out all you're called to be in Christ. We are blessed as a church. 
Our kids' ministry, we are blessed. Our youth ministry, we are blessed. Our over 60s, this year I'm telling you, I'm so amazed and so blessed by the gatherings you have and the heart that you have and Greg and Helen Clark have done such an amazing job. And next, next Sunday is actually the appreciation service. We're going to talk more about this stuff, but I want us just to set the, set the stage for next week. You see, gratitude makes us focus on what God is doing and has done, not what he is not doing. Have you ever met Christians that are always thinking about what not, God's not doing? Have you ever been that Christian? I probably have been. The church isn't doing this, and God isn't doing this, and this is the issue, and this is God. And it's like, wait a second, what is God doing? Because God will turn up more in praise and worship than he will in complaining. Yeah? So gratitude makes us focus on what God is doing and has done, not what he is not doing. I want to speak about a few things when it comes to gratitude this morning. You know, the easiest way to walk with God is to walk in thankfulness with him. How you walk with God. This is how you walk with God. Thankfulness. Gratitude. You were made to walk in thankfulness. You were made to walk in gratitude. Oh, it's so hard sometimes to walk with God. How's your thankfulness going? How's your gratitude going? Because it's so easy to be critical. It's easy to have a critiquing spirit. Hey, the church is not perfect and it's full of imperfect people. Thank you, Jesus, that we have people in our church who are finding who they are and aren't perfect yet. The day this place is full of perfect people, we're not doing our job because we have a city that needs to be here. Yeah? So we have to have grace. When your brother and sister upset you sometimes, you have to have grace. When your pastor upsets you, you have to have grace. We have to be a person and a mature group of Christians that says, I'm going to be somebody who's bigger because we have to be grateful in the midst of what's happening. How's your gratitude meter going? How's the meter? Is it going up or is it down? Finish the year with gratitude. Here's the thought. First one is this. Gratitude is the password to living in heaven on earth. And it says this in Psalm 100, verse 4, and it's going to be on the screen. It's in the message translation. It says, enter with the password, thank you. This is enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter with the password, thank you. Now, I remember growing up, we would have those clubs. You know, we watched Little Rascals growing up, and we would have, you know, the He-Man Woman Haters Club, which was the, uh, the, the uh, anyone seen Little Rascals, the movie? And the kids had the, was it the He-Man Woman Haters Club? And it was their clubhouse, and it was like, no women allowed. And one of the kids lets the girl inside the clubhouse, and it's just the most horrific thing ever. And it's just, I, so we watched that as kids, and I tell you, we had the He-Man Woman Haters Club. We didn't hate women, but back then we probably did, I don't know, it was uh, cooties or something. And it was just us with our BMXs hanging out in our clubhouse that we had made. You needed a password to get into our, 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 our club, and truth be told, it wasn't the He-Man Woman Haters Club. It was actually called the JC Club because we're Christian kids and uh, Jesus Christ Club. And the person I co-founded it with was also a pastor's kid, so why not? And, uh, <laughs> and the way that you entered the club was you turned up and, 
and you had to put your hand through your hair and say JC Club. That was the password. <laughs> and uh, my, my little brother and, and his little brother didn't know the password, so they could never be a part of the club. And I'd try and break in, and we'd say, You didn't know the password. And so they would try and spy on us, and they would do it quietly. You couldn't quite tell what the password was, and the, they always missed out, which is always fun as a big brother. So when it comes to the throne of heaven, enter his gates with a password, thank you. Who here wants to live a life where you're walking with the presence of heaven, the presence of God's reality with you all the time? In your workplace, in your family, in your, when you go shopping at Coles and it's Christmas and all the tourists are here and everyone's rude and cutting you off and you're thinking, I need the atmosphere of thank you, the atmosphere of heaven, so that I stay aware of what he's doing. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter with a password, thank you. Make yourself at home talking praise. Thank him, worship him. For God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and ever. I love that. Make yourself at home talking praise. How are we going with talking praise? What does that mean? It means this. It means you speak to somebody else about how good he is. Why is it that I always rabbit on about testimony? I won't change that. Because when we talk praise... We are bringing heaven to earth. And every person here, the fact you're here, you have something to be thankful for. (laughs) So talk praise. Thank him, worship him. For God is sheer beauty. All generous in love, loyal always and ever. Enter his gates with thank you. The password. So gratitude is a password to living in heaven on earth. How do you bring heaven into your family? Create an atmosphere of thankfulness. How do you bring heaven into your connect group? Create an atmosphere of thankfulness. How do you bring heaven into your marriage? Create an atmosphere of thankfulness. How do you do that? You take time to go, let's just spend half an hour thanking God. Tonight, kids at the table, we're going to sit here and let's come up with five things each that we're thankful for. And they'll sit there and they'll try and come up with... By the end of the night, you'll all be feeling so great because the atmosphere of heaven will have invaded that situation. It is revival culture. Turn to your neighbour and say, I'm thankful for you. (laughs) Hey, the second thought is this. The only way to receive from God is actually with gratitude. The only way to receive. So Tommy up here with a present, he wasn't thankful. He was too interested in Instagram. So he wasn't receiving the gift and therefore he missed out on what was happening in the moment. How many times in life do we miss out because we're not aware? And last week you heard me speak about, and if you're here, you saw me have a sword and have a tool in one hand and we had a wall and we're talking about being physically aware, but being spiritually aware. When it comes to gratitude, what it does, it makes us aware of God. Gratitude carries an attitude of humility. Thanksgiving is the only proper way to receive what God has given us because it honours our relationship with our Heavenly Father. 
Would you take a moment to say, thank you, God. I have a heart of thankfulness, both for the big miracles and the small things. You are creating awareness of how good he is. And what it does, it opens up the door for you to receive more of what God has for you. As a church, we have to be so great at saying, what are we thankful for as a church? What are we thankful for as a congregation? Because it will kill familiarity. It will cause us to receive the next level God has for us is to be a church who is talking praise. Can I hear an amen? Amen. The third thing is this, is that gratitude causes a moment of blessing to become an eternal blessing or an eternity of blessing. Let me, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to the scripture in Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. When you got it, why don't you tell me you got it? There's not much paper movement these days. Normally, the, um, normally some of the older people have got their paper happening. I'm going to get my paper Bible out of my garage. I'm going to start using that again. I actually truly am. I miss it. I love you version, but I love my paper Bible too. You know, this is a fun fact. You know what the most um, highlighted shared scripture on you version was this year? It was Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and petition. How amazing is that? That's the number one scripture that was... So that tells you what the number one need is. Yeah? Interesting, hey? There's 400 million users on that version app. 400 million. How cool is that? That's the word of God. Gratitude causes a moment of blessing to become an eternity of blessing. And it says this in Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee, and he was going to a village, and ten men who had leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourself to the priests. And they went, and they were cleansed. Notice obedience. In order to be healed, sometimes you've got to be obedient to be healed. By the way, going and showing yourself to the priest when you have leprosy is a big no-no. Very hard thing to do back then, but they were still obedient. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan, so he was an enemy to the Jewish people. All the rest of them must have been Jewish because it was such a standout that the Samaritan came back. The very one who shouldn't have come back came back. And the very ones who should have come back didn't come back. And Jesus asked, We're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? And no one has returned to give praise to God except this foreigner. And then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, church, get this with me. Why is it that they had just been healed? But then Jesus goes on to say, Your faith has now made you well. This is what's happened right now. The ten were healed physically. The Samaritan comes back and has the password of thanksgiving and he went from a physical healing to a spiritual healing. He went from a momentary healing of this lifetime to an eternal healing of eternal life. This is so amazing. When you have a heart of gratitude, you take a moment of blessing and you cause it to become an eternal blessing. Get this. This is so cool. 
As a church, we have moments of blessing every week, all, every Sunday through the week. God's doing things. When we stop and say, Lord, we want to say we're thankful. We are so grateful. What happens is it echoes through eternity. And an extra miracle takes place. The miracle that actually really mattered, which was he was made well, not just in his body, but in his soul. Simply because he had a heart of gratitude. Oh, God, help me to be a man of gratitude. Help us to be men and women of gratitude. People who, even in the midst of trials, even in the midst of hardship, say, Lord, we want to say thank you. We honour you and we say we praise your holy name. Oh, it's so good, hey? Go home and think about that one. That's one. That's a whole series just on that one thing alone. There's so many things in that. The fourth thing is this. Gratitude makes you healthy. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, it says, it says this. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you. Gratitude makes us healthy. It keeps us sane and alive by connecting us to the source of life and purpose. How do you stay spiritually and probably in a lot of ways physically healthy? You are somebody who is always thanking the Lord. You're always saying, thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for my trial, for my family, for my victory, for my valley. I thank you that you are greater. And every time you're thankful, you are putting yourself into the socket, the power socket of his presence. And you're saying, charge me up, God. We plug our phones in every day. We know that they run out of batteries. We have to plug them in. How much more our soul? Gratitude makes you healthy. It helps with mental health. It helps with physical health. It helps with spiritual health. To be somebody who takes time to simply be thankful, even when it's hard to find things to be thankful for. There's always something to be thankful for. Here's a really interesting one. Gratitude sanctifies whatever it touches, even evil things. So 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 5, we see Paul giving Timothy advice, and he's talking about not to worry about food sacrificed to idols. How does he change the food that it's evil, idol food, to food that he can now have which is clean? How does he take it from uncleanliness to being clean? This is how... Paul says to Timothy, he says, this is how you do it. Thankfulness. He says, thank God. Pray a prayer of thankfulness over the food. And what it does, it takes what was meant for evil and makes it holy. Are you getting this with me? Thankfulness takes what the enemy meant for evil and places it in the hand of a heavenly Father who works all things for our good. Thankfulness takes what the enemy meant for evil and places it in the hand of the Heavenly Father who works all things for the good. When God's involved, it's all working for the good. Paul's advice to Timothy, not to worry about the food sacrificed to idols. Don't worry about it. Eat it after purifying it with thanksgiving and dedicating it to the Lord. Paul goes on to say it sanctifies unclean food. He is saying it sets it apart for God and his purpose. Thanksgiving actually changes the very nature of the food into something holy. How many things in life has the enemy tried to come against you with 
And the minute you actually start to thank God that he is in control and thank God for the situation, it takes the power out of the enemy and puts it in the hands of God. It takes it from the enemy is trying to destroy me to, hey, I've got the trial, but God's with me. And therefore I'm being blessed. Consider it blessing when you go through trials of many kinds. You see, there's nothing in life that comes against you if you put it into the hands of Jesus that he can't turn for the good. That's a big statement. But that's the power of thanksgiving. (laughs) My engine blew up in my car a week out from my wedding. Literally, that's what happened. A week out from my wedding, my engine blew up. It's the worst time to have a financial need. God, I thank you that my engine blew up. So I thank you that you're in control. Maybe you have a better car for me. Maybe you're teaching me a lesson about trusting you. I thank you for that. Maybe it's something I don't even understand yet, but I choose to say thank you for my engine blowing up. It makes no sense naturally. But what it does, it it, it diffuses the worry and the anxiousness and it empowers God in that situation. So whatever you're going through today that looks like it is a hard thing and it's a dangerous thing and it's it's not happening... Find God in it. I say this to people in hard seasons. Find God in the season. Thankfulness takes what the enemy meant for evil and places it in the hands of our Father who works all things for our good. Here's a quote from Bill Johnson. I'm going to read this. It says, When you give thanks in the midst of adverse situations, A difficulty that was intended to undermine your faith and destroy you enables you to take hold of that situation and set it apart for God and his purposes. I'm going to read that again. When you give thanks in the midst of an adverse situation, a difficulty that was intended to undermine your faith or even destroy you enables you to take hold of that situation and set it apart to God for his purposes. And when you give thanks, the weapon the enemy meant to use to dislodge you from your divine purpose is put into your hands to become the very thing that brings more fully you into that purpose. To bring you more fully into that purpose. You see, the enemy hasn't got that much power, church. You've got to get this. All authority... Let me get my Pentecostal on. All authority... Actually, it's just my Christian on. All authority, the Bible says, has been given to Jesus. The devil has no authority. Have you ever noticed we don't speak about the devil much in this church? It's not worth talking about. But you meet Christians, and the devil's doing this, and the devil's doing that, and this is happening, the devil, devil. Oh, man. It's like, what? what? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. What's Jesus doing? The devil is like if you're in a boxing ring with somebody, and they're laying on the floor with no energy. And you're the one in the boxing gloves going, come on. He's under your feet. He's under his feet. You don't need to be scared of the devil because you are found in Christ. The cross, the cross has given us the victory. So next time you're going through something really tough, and let's be really honest, tough things happen in life. Very, very tough things. Very trying seasons, very hard seasons. It might take you time to get to this place sometimes. You might not start with gratitude, but if you finish with gratitude, then it gives you victory. It actually seriously does. I'm preaching to myself today because I need to be better 
are reminding myself that he has the victory. Because my circumstance yells like Goliath was yelling to the, to the Israelites. Every day it says Goliath came out and he would yell at them. Who will fight me, you cowards? Who will take me on? And someone who's eight foot tall would have had a very loud voice. Who's going to take me on? You're a bunch of wusses. You're all cowards. You bring shame to your, your, your people. And then David's like, who is that peep squeak? Is that the word? He looks tall right now, but you ever seen how, good, how big God is? The earth is his footstool for crying out loud. He's nothing. He's like a little, like, you know, lice and the hair of just annoyance. Just get rid of him. Hey, that's what the enemy is in your life, by the way. Flick him. Why don't you turn to neighbor and give him a bit of a flick? Just make sure they're awake. Just give them a flick. Yeah. Yeah, right on. Hey, a couple more things before we finish. I love this. Gratitude kills familiarity. <laughs> I love this. Oh. Gratitude kills familiarity. When we're thankful, when we have hearts of gratitude, and we're about to finish, but have hearts of gratitude, it makes you so in line with God's heart. And I find that there's too many times in life where I get negative. I have no right to be negative. And neither do you. Just so you know. If you are found in Christ, what gives me the right to be negative? If he has set me free from every chain, every demonic influence, if he has set me free from every fear, if he has set me my feet upon a rock, if every single good gift comes from my Father, then who am I to be negative? Benaiah, listen to this. Spirit, get it. Don't just hear it, listen. Because I'm married to this really positive girl over here. Little Miss Positivity. That's she. She's, she's naturally very positive. I'm the guy that's looking at the things that could go wrong. I'm the more hesitant one. You know what? There might be some wisdom in that, but normally it's more fear-based. And therefore, I have to come back to God. I put my trust and my thankfulness and my heart in you. I know that you've got this. I know that it's okay. I want to thank you in the midst of the storm. Hey, in the storm, this is the difference, God. This is a great example. Why was Jesus sleeping in the storm? Because to the disciples, the storm looked like this crazy thing that was going to kill them. To Jesus, it was just a hammock. <laughs> Literally. These huge waves are going to kill us, Jesus. Why are you sleeping? What is wrong? Don't you care? And he's just like a baby, just having a nice nap. Because the same waves that terrify one person was the very thing that made someone else rest. It's all about perspective. It's all about heaven's perspective. How do you get heaven's perspective? You are a thankful, gracious, full of gratitude type of person. And we have this option in life. What are we going to look through? What lens? Thankfulness or our own strength? I want to be someone who the waves make me rest. <laughs> I want you to be the person. The storms, the bigger the storm, the more of the hammock is moving, the more restful you are. 
people say, what is wrong with you? There must be something wrong. You have no emotion or something. No, I'm just chilled out. God's just, I'm just relaxed. God's in control. It's all good. There's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with you. Like, it's all, I've got, I'm okay. I'm okay. Let's make sure as a church family that we're not familiar with our church, by the way. Don't be familiar with me and Charlie. We're not just the same as you. We're anointed to lead you. We're not better than you. We're not better than you. Hear that? But there's a grace on us. And I know it because the Bible tells me I have to give a double judgment for you. So please help me. Double. One is enough. Double. Charlie will tell you, this week I was awake from 1am onwards because I had someone in mind or some people in mind in our church family and they were just, it was just a burden in my spirit and it just affects our family we hate it genuinely I don't want to be awake all night praying for people hey honestly I don't I'd rather be sleeping but hey if God has graced me sometimes to carry people I will do it with a heart of thankfulness I will get over my emotion and say no God I just come to you and I say, I will give you this. So help you, pastors. Be thankful for the worship team. These guys come out every week and practice. At home, they're practicing. On the Saturday night, they're normally rehearsing for you on a Sunday, for God. Thank Ange and the kids' team. They are the most unsung heroes. No one even sees what they do. And you know what? Sometimes they feel that too. They feel like they're unseen. Because we're here and we get to enjoy it. And then they, sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes it's a bit tough. Yeah. The babies team, the cafe get out here earlier. And they're cleaning and someone's spilling stuff. And they're wiping up the tables and looking after stuff. Thank them. Yeah. But in the midst of all that, thank God for them. Yeah. Be gracious and gratitude filled. Yeah. Our admin, all the stuff you see on here. Wait, did we show that video again this week? Oh, we've got to show that video. We've got a video for our promo for our Christmas spec. Anyway, every, all this stuff is work. You see, I say all that to say, let's just, our response needs to be thankfulness. Our response needs to be honour. Because then God blesses and that familiarity starts to, church splits happen because people get familiar. So we have to stay thankful. Last thing is this, gratitude says yes to more of what God uh, sorry, it says yes to more of what's been given to us. Gratitude says, yes, God, we want more. We acknowledge what you're doing. We want more. When you say thank you to God, you're saying, yes, God, more. And as we finish, just listen to this. When you say yes to what God's doing, and when you thank him for what he's doing, you are saying, more, Lord, more. More, Lord, of your presence. Thank you for your presence. He says, I'll give you some more. More, God, of your blessing. Thank you for your blessing. He says, I'll give you more. And as we respond with hearts of thankfulness, God loves just to fill us and fill our, our hearts with his presence. He inhabits your praise, church. He inhabits your thankfulness. He inhabits your gratefulness. He inhabits it. He looks for it. He wants to live in it. You know, if, you, if, you, if God lived in a house, it would be the house of thanksgiving. 
So never underestimate being a person who is so grateful about everything that is going on in your life. Because God is in control. He knows every hair on your head. And if he looks after the sparrow, he looks after you. And I just thank the Lord for that. I thank him that he is so gracious to us. I thank him that he is kind to us. I thank him that he is lovely. I thank him for every person in our church. I thank him for you, for those yet to come in. We thank you in advance because, listen, on that point, here's the last point. The Bible says if you're faithful with a small, you'll be given more. I'm going to change the wording for a second. If you're grateful with a small, you'll be given more. If you're thankful for the small, you'll be given more. <laughs> Don't just wait for the big. Be thankful for the small and God will grow it. In Jesus' name. I just thought it would be so powerful this morning as we finish just to take a moment to be grateful. Because when you're talking praise, and I love that word, talking praise. When you're talking praise, God's presence invades. That rhymes, that's pretty good. When you're talking praise, heaven invades, and it really does. And as we take a moment just to honour the Lord for things we're thankful for, and we're going to do it, just break up into groups again. Last week was so powerful. Let's take a moment to be thankful. And actually, I want to, I want to, I think you can go home and, and do this in your own exercise at home, do it every day, but I think for a few minutes, let's talk about our church family for a few minutes. Let's take a moment to have hearts of gratitude for what God is doing in our church. Because we want more of what God is doing in our church, amen? And we've had such a blessed year this year, a hugely blessed year. I feel like the whole thing of getting our raw is to definitely we just leaps and bounds, just stepping into that. But we say thank you, Father, and more to that. Yeah? God's presence comes. And then your homework is this. I've given it to you before. Go home, have dinner one time with your family this week or with your spouse or with some friends and just spend half an hour talking about things you're thankful for. See what happens. God invades the praise of his people. Let's enter his courts with the password of thankfulness. Amen? So why don't we all stand to our feet for a second. And once you've finished doing this, hey, pray over each other for the week. Last week you commissioned each other. It was amazing. But we'll finish the service after this. But get into groups of three or four and let's share something that we're thankful for when it comes to our church family. In Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.